Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio live on toginet.com. Co-hosted by Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the many resources that are available available in both the public and private sector and we'll be sharing helpful information from women all over the world we'll cover everything military from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder to navigating government programs dealing with family issues to the struggles of deployment along with being a working mother both in and out of the home this is military mom talk radio and here are your hosts sandra beck and robin boyd Hi, everyone. Welcome to Military Mom Talk Radio. This is Robin Boyd with you today on this Veterans Day tribute. Now, as you know, Sandra Beck and I are always anxious to share with you tributes to our military, their families, and veterans who have served to preserve our country's freedom. Today, we have some musical tributes, some interviews from people we know you'll want to know more about, and some favorites we've been proud to feature. Let's start the hour off with this song, Perfect for Today, by Corey Brunson and his band. Listen carefully to these very meaningful words. Here is We Know You're Out There. Have you ever looked at the face of 10,000 heroes at the same time while they looked back at yours? And have you been so overloaded that you fell down to your knees? Well, then you might know what I mean. So as I stand in awe of you, I'm amazed at what you do, the pride you show. And all the choices that you make for me and my family say, well, I need you to know.
Last week, we featured our roving correspondent, Steve Boyd, who reminded you of the many parades and celebrations across the country. We hope you were able to find something special in your town. Now, among the commemorations that I found on the Internet today were the was a public statement by Master Chief Petty Officer of the Navy, Mike D. Stevens. Um, I'd like to share it with you. This is his message to the fleet, November 8, 2013, and I quote, Veterans, shipmates, and Navy families. Monday, we honor those who have stood the watch, pay respect to those who have given the ultimate sacrifice, and say thanks to those currently in uniform. There have always been men and women willing to serve at the nation's call to protect the very fabric of what makes our country great. It is a very humbling moment for me every time I meet someone who is or has done their part to continue this rich legacy. Our veterans represent every facet of the best of America, making a positive impact on our great nation in countless ways. For each veteran comes a new set of people inspired to serve by amazing stories of wars won, lives lost, valor, and patriotism. Veterans Day represents more than a day for our veterans, but offers an opportunity to recognize also their families and the many support groups of our veterans, service members, and their families. The dedication and unwavering commitment to our military from the American people is undeniable, and this great support allows us to do our job and fulfill our duties without hesitation.
Our military could truly not function properly without your commitment and support. I'm thankful to be among such honored citizens and for the continued efforts of our sailors and their families which make every day to preserve our liberties. May God bless you and may God bless the United States of America. Happy Veterans Day and all the best. Thank you, Master Chief Petty Officer of the Navy, Mike D. Stevens. There is a new partnership between veterans and the VA. It's called the Million Veteran Program, or MVP. MVP studies the genetics of blood samples given by veterans to find new ways of preventing and treating illnesses in veterans and the general population. It is VA's goal to get one million veterans to volunteer for this program. I think the most important thing that it will do is look at what the genes do to cause diseases and then develop drugs and other interventions to treat those diseases. Why do some people live longer than others? Um, what's the cause of certain diseases like cancer and cardiovascular disease, diseases that are important and common to all of us? How do medicines work better in some patients than others? And can we personalize the care of a given patient by looking at their genes and, and figuring out what's the best medicine for a given patient? The MVP will answer questions such as, why does treatment work well for some veterans but not for others? Why are some veterans at a greater risk for developing an illness? And how can we prevent certain illnesses in the first place? So far, almost 200,000 people have uh, completed the survey uh, that we send out when we invite veterans to participate. Over 118,000 have agreed to enroll and contributed a blood specimen. Uh, tens of thousands have appointments coming up in the near future to contribute, and so we're well on track to uh, achieving our goal in five to seven years. Hi, I'm Dr. Gincato. Very Hi. nice to meet you. Hi, nice to meet you. Thank you so much. Enrolling in the program was very, very simple. I contacted the program manager. I made an appointment to come in. Oh, I have a question. Please. Uh, we had a blood draw, and I gave them my contact information. Our genes sort of tell us how we're related to other uh, members of the military. There's not too much work you have to do. You fill out informed consent, fill out a few questionnaires, give a blood sample, and that's it. All right, so we're going to fill a little stick. What makes it special is its uh, VA uh, focus. The idea that our veterans have served our country, and while they certainly come down with health conditions that uh, non-veterans get, they also have conditions that seem to be overrepresented uh, among uh, their rank and file. When veterans agree to participate in the program, we assure them that their information is going to be kept confidential. We do that by barcoding uh, with an identifier that is not related to the social security number, phone number, or name. Okay, well, you know we're bringing 10 more sites on. I know. It's in a very exciting time, and this is uh, earth-shattering or groundbreaking. We're, we're, we are definitely breaking new ground, and the VA is really an ideal place to do this because we have uh, a willing veteran population. People with osteoarthritis, when they climb stairs, they lean their, their trunk forward more mm -hmm. in order to better get up the stairs. And we're, we were looking to see if we can use that as a functional test. 
They're totally altruistic. They have not been told it will help them personally. It may or it may not. Okay, the data looks good. But they've been told it will help others, and they do it for that reason. You could end up on the floor. <laughs> I contributed right. to this program oh, for a number of reasons. Question. One being I'm a 51-year-old female uh, combat veteran, and there's not too many of us out there. So I wanted to get my information on record um, in that medical database. Did you have any questions? I know how important gathering the data is, and I said if I could help in any way possible, I'd be more than happy to. If you are a veteran receiving care in the VA healthcare system and would like to become an MVP volunteer, please call toll-free 866-441-6075 or visit us at www.research.va.gov forward slash MVP. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a moment with more on Military Mom Talk Radio. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Mobile is the future, and the future is now. Listen in each week, Tuesdays, 4 to 5 Central, to Brilliant Mobile Marketing with your host, Mobile Mary, as we simplify the hottest marketing channel, Mobile Marketing, and share secrets on how you can use mobile to be more brilliant, be more profitable, and have more fun in your industry. Join us each week to learn from brilliant business leaders on how to simply and easily capture a list of raving fans and turn them into loyal customers. This show will help business owners, authors, and speakers realize their own brilliance by tapping into the insights of fellow brilliant business leaders. We will also showcase brilliant tools, both traditional and digital, that will make you more brilliant in everything you do. Don't miss your date with Brilliant Mobile Marketing and your host, Mobile Mary, America's mobile marketing expert, as she shares her success strategies every Tuesday from 4 to 5 Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Have you ever wondered why America is facing such a health care crisis? Then join us for Dr. Peter DeVette Live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. He'll answer your health care and medical questions and share with you his knowledge and opinions on topics ranging from holistic health care to spirituality and wellness. You'll find out about the roots of your health care challenges versus symptom management, the holistic approach, how the spirit, mind, and body connection is critical in both the development of illness and the solution to illness, how emotions are directly related to physical illness, and how to read your body like a book. Dr. DeVette will also go through your personal questions and how you can navigate through the illness maze. Supplements, medications, therapies, treatment options, surgeries, all kinds of things related to your health. Dr. Peter DeVent live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. We'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Help us out. Put your name at the top of his list and a statue of liberty started shaking. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. 
covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio. Sandra Beck and I are honored to bring you our Veterans Day tribute with stories we have found and hope you will be as moved as we are by these veteran services and sacrifices. Recently on PBS, we saw a documentary on the World War II Women's Air Force service pilots known as WASPs. Now, if you have not heard of WASPs, don't think that you uh, have been under a rock or anything. Unfortunately, these women were not known about and have not even been documented in most history books. Only until recently has their story been told. During World War II, the Women's Air Force Service Pilots were the first women to fly air, air, uh, American military aircraft, and sometimes they were the first person, period, to fly the aircraft because they would ferry them from the manufacturing plant to their point of destination. Although invaluable to the war effort, these women remained civilians. They were not enlisted into the military and thus did not receive any military or veteran benefits. Even the 38 women who were killed while serving were not provided their last journey by the military. In December of 1944, the program was abruptly ended and it sent these dedicated and talented women back to their home states to resume mostly clerical or home care duties. It wasn't until 1977 when the WASPs were recognized and given military status, and in 2009 were finally honored for their service with the Congressional Gold Medal. Now, I found two clips that I'd love to share with you first. We have a clip by Marty Wyall. Then we'll hear the voice of Catherine Bridge. Please listen to these lovely ladies, the WASPs of World War II. To be a WASP, was was the best thing that ever happened to about a thousand of us and we know it in 1944. I had no idea what was coming. I had never been to Texas before. It was a windy, windy day in uh, May when I got there. When I walked out on the flight line and saw these big airplanes, I said, I'll never be able to uh, fly this thing. But the minute you got on the field, everything just seemed to fall in place. I think there were about 98 of us in the new class. We were just completely bowled over. It was just so amazing. I was in class 44W10, which meant we were the 10th class in 1944. Training was about a seven-month period, and of course, we never had any free time. You had to march everywhere you went. I had never marched in my life. We did delivery, and we did a lot of night flying because they trained us to be cross-country pilots. Most memorable trip in uh, my training had to be the 2,000-mile cross-country in the AT-6. It was wonderful. Anytime you soloed another airplane, your baymates were waiting for you when you came back off of the flight line and they would throw you in the 
in the wishing well, which was probably two feet deep. <laughs> Our commanding officer took all the civilian instructors and they had a meeting and he said, women have proved themselves that they are easier or just as easy to train as the men. And if any of you are prejudiced and think that your student doesn't need to graduate, I want you to quit right now because I want every one of you instructors to get as many women trained to be military pilots as physically possible. And I don't think any other CO talked to Avenger Field instructors the way he did. My mother absolutely disapproved. When I left for the service, she never left her bedroom to say goodbye. She was so disappointed. She was of the older generation where women should be ladies at all times, but I couldn't let that bother me. My dad was so excited, he wrote me every day that I shouldn't let things like that stop me if I had the will to keep on going. He was the one that supported me and my mother eventually, she was also supporting. I wrote, I imagine, almost every week. And my mother, she saved them all. All my letters are a little more upbeat than what was actually going on, so they wouldn't worry. Well, I did have a scary moment. I had just had 30 hours of training aerobatics in the primary trainer. Then when we transitioned into our basic training and were flying the BT-13s, I tried to do the same thing with that. I thought I could loop it. The engine stopped and I saw the propeller and uh, it, it started slipping backwards. And of course I had no idea what was going on. Then all of a sudden it snapped and it started tumbling. I thought, you know, I'm supposed to be jumping now. The G factors, I couldn't even hold my hand up to pull the latch to open the hatch. I was in charge, so I was going to land it, so I told Betty up front, I said, I'm going to fly around a little bit before I enter the pattern, kind of get settled, so that I could talk on the phone. We came in and landed, and you're supposed to write up whatever happened. We didn't even write it up, because we knew we'd be washed out. So we didn't say anything, but the next day I asked my instructor, by the way, can you loop or snap roll a, a BT-13. He's, oh no, don't even think about it. It would ruin the wings. But there is one airplane that's not a BT-13. It's a BT-15 and it's, it's structurally sound. It's just not a very good engine that, would, that you could do aerobatics in. It's still overweight and underpowered. And I said, well, which airplane is that? And when he gave me the number, that was the plane we had. Otherwise, I don't think I'd be here today. My proudest moment had to be our graduation. We were graduated on December 7th, 1944. They did such a wonderful send-off. When they closed the program, General Arnold was there. General Arnold, the morning of our graduation, picked up his tray and came over and sat with four of us. He asked each and every one of us personal questions and whether our parents were going to come. And, 
and what we thought about the training. We were so thrilled. He is such a down-to-earth person, and he was so proud of us. Every graduation had their own song, and ours was, we're the lost last class of a Benjer Field. We're the lost last class of a Benjer Field. Ba -da -dun 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 -dun. And we sang that top of our voices. We, being in the very last class, knew that this was not going to last forever. Our, our heaven on earth was going to come to a close eventually. But it was such an honor. Originally, we were, um, we were just civil servants, hired under that. We had no insurance, for example. Um, there were 38 women killed over the whole history of the wasps, and uh, there was no money to get them home to the bodies, home to their families. The women ourselves, the wasps, would ra raise money, and one of us would take the person back to their home. Um, and as far as insurance went, fortunately, we're all very healthy, you know, and we didn't have, a, have um, health problems other than flu and so forth. Uh, I think that we were, people always ask how to, years later, a Navy pilot who was a carrier pilot asked me the question, how many different planes have you flown? Not how many, but how many different types like P-40, P-51, and so forth. And I had never thought of that as being important. Well, apparently this, the Navy pilots, because they only fly one, you know, really, so they, they have to be so perfect in landing to catch that tail hook on the carriers that different planes have different landing speeds and, and so forth. So they, they're they not allowed to um, experiment. So I counted them up and I have uh, 20 different military models and about um, six civilian models. Uh, so I, I recount them every time. I, I might even say 21, but I'm not going to until I actually check it out. <laughs> the program was dissolved before the war was over, which was very difficult for us to take. Uh, we were let go and the war was still on for another six months. And uh, we were, at that point, we were highly qualified and had a lot of experience in the job. And uh, the program ended and it was entirely political. When the program was set up, we, we were praised, you know, we were leaving a man to go fight in the war. And then at the, as the war, war wound down and Germany, the anticipated Germany collapse, uh, the, the flying schools were cut back. They weren't training as many cadets. And that meant that the instructors were not needed anymore of the flying school. And then they suddenly, these, this group of people discovered that women were flying. And it meant that they were being, facing the draft. And so they went to Congress with a big objection that women were taking their jobs. And uh, it was entirely political. Again, I hope you 
will find their stories in books. Uh, there's been a number of recent authors, and I'm hoping that we can have uh, at least one of them on the show in the coming year. And I'm hoping that um, you will find some of these documentaries on YouTube where I found these. They're fascinating. They're delightful. Watch the videos. These these women are just true heroes and we at Military Mom Talk Radio salute you women Air Force service pilots stay tuned we'll be back in a moment on Military Mom Talk Radio are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system keeping the home fires burning well that's what we're here for it's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd and we'll be right back after these Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath. Friday afternoons at 4 or 3 Central on toginet.com. Juliana is certified as a life coach who wants people to connect. Connect with what lies beneath, those truths and answers. And through her counseling practice, she has helped others find their personal power and fulfill their dreams. And she wants to do the same for you here on Connect with Juliana. Through intimate discussions, intriguing subject matters, and the expertise of her guests. For more on Juliana and her show, check out her website, connectwithjuliana.com. Juliana will cover it all. Nothing is off limits. She wants to know what matters to you. Make the connection. Tune in to Toginet to connect with Juliana to find out the facts that could be hidden beneath the surface. Connect with Juliana on Toginet to make a quality connection in your life. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 Central on toginet.com. Get ready to have some fun with some brand new insights from science. Join us for the radio show of scientist Oe Nandi. Born of Indian and Swiss parents, this linguist and biologist authored the book Human Language Evolution and will tell you the story of human history, why it began in Africa, and why there arose blonde people, how America was populated. And we'll be answering some much more similar thrilling questions. Scientist Owe Nandi is here to simplify the complex and to give us insight into our history and maybe even share one of his poems from one of two publications. Join us every Wednesday at 12 noon central on TogiNet Radio for an insightful show with host, scientist, and poet Owe Nandi. There ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hi, everyone. We're back with you today to honor our military and our veterans on this Veterans Day 2013. Sandra and I invite you to find all of our downloaded shows. Share them. We hope you will. We're on Facebook. Tweet a show if you particularly like. Our nearly 200 shows are always here on our show page at toginet.com, on our website, militarymom.com, and you'll find all of our shows free on iTunes. 
Memories from war are often buried deep in a veteran's mind, long dormant, a piece of personal history at risk. Often their own families have no idea what risks the veteran faced or the terrors they experienced in battle. The time comes, though, when those stories must be told, when that history must be preserved. They are the real fabric from which America is woven. Back in uh, 2012, we met uh, an author, Michael Moons Mullen, Moon Mullins. <laughs> uh, he preferred to tell the stories of enlist enlisted men and officers who were part of the defense of America and its values. The average person who may not have earned individual awards, these men are excluded from traditional textbooks, but their stories must be preserved as well. They made the orders successful when they evolved into military strategy from untried plans. The boots on the ground, in the mud, shed the blood. He includes all branches. As the book's flap says, you never know who you're sitting beside when you socialize. The man or the woman next to you may have accomplished something extraordinary while serving. Out of the Mist, Memories of War includes vets from World War II, Korea, the Cold War, Vietnam, and the current conflicts in the Middle East. It includes stories about those who remained behind and supported them. It is history told from the mouths of those who made it. Out of the Mist, Memories of War is unfiltered reality. Here's a portion of our visit with Michael Mullins. So, Michael, how did you come up with the idea of a collection of short stories? You know, there's lots of books out there, you know, about war, about, you know, the different concepts that you cover. But yours is unique in that it's a collection of short stories, which I think is really cool, especially for me that doesn't have much um, staying power for focus. <laughs> well, I'm too dumb to write a complete novel. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> well, actually, I was challenged by a little tiny lady author, a combination Methodist minister, at a poetry reading one night. And she said, uh, Mullins, you're a coward. You're afraid to get out of your comfort zone. Poetry comes easy to you, um, but you're a natural prosist, and you won't give yourself a chance. You're afraid of being criticized. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a small guy. I'm six three or so and you know she was maybe five feet and 90 pounds and she's looking up at me belly to belly well belly to knee <laughs> and uh she called me a coward and i kind of rethought my position i thought i'm gonna do something different so i ended up settling on the short stories because i had so many of them you know i had i had notes from conversations from people and and Hadn't done anything with them yet and wasn't sure how to handle them. And lo and behold, uh, it became a project. Were your notes from uh, for, uh, for a reason? Had you taken these notes in earlier years for a specific reason? Uh, just just stories that I recalled having heard them at, at various veterans functions and reunions. Uh, sometimes those conversations would inspire a poem or sometimes they would turn into a poem because a lot of guys want their story told but they want it done anonymously that sort of thing and uh they became a part of my book called doobie chats 
and because they're vignettes, they're not they're anecdotal more than anything, and weren't com- uh, full blown stories. And then I found uh, stories came to me. People came to me, and, and I thought, well, you know, I really like this. It's a lot of work writing a, a real big book is a lot of work. Poetry is so much simpler for me. And I, I found that I loved it because I loved the people. And uh, it gave me an opportunity to tell some stories that had not been told. Where did you find some of your people? Some I knew. Uh, there's one man in there. Uh, that We were sitting Veterans Day at a, at a local restaurant that feeds poor veterans like myself for free on Veterans Day, and this older man came in in an electric wheelchair and, and wheeled into the booth next to us, and he was talking to my uh, one of my grandchildren and gave him 50 cents, and they struck up a conversation. <laughs> well, I asked him about his service, and I found out that he was involved in uh, night warfare as a, in a fighter planes in World War II. And, you know, he was just sitting across from me. And uh, another man that I had known for 40 years, my brother happened to mention that he had been with the Mars Task Force. And the man had never said a word to me. And the only reason my brother knew was because the man's older son was his best man. Oh, for Yeah, the topic had never come up, and the man never talked about it. So I gave him a call. I said, Jim, would you talk to me? And his story became A Walk in the Clouds, which is in the book about the taking of Burma. So, uh, you know, they're everywhere. And and you can, I passed one man and uh, sadly he's no longer with us because he got ill shortly after that and really never could talk to me. I met him in a parking lot at a local grocery store and found out that he was one of the island hoppers in the South Pacific with an infantry unit. Uh, you you don't know. You don't know who walks next to you on the sidewalk. What's so interesting, I think, from what I'm hearing, is that your collection canvases many different branches, many different wars. So I'm I'm thinking that your stories probably have this one common thread throughout them, but yet they're coming from such different pasts and backgrounds and that must be a fascinating collection well you know there's a common thread to it and that's a sense of duty and a sense of love for the country mm-hmm. and uh, it shouldn't be limited you know I, all the all the branches have contributed people in peacetime contribute um, you know we call it peacetime because there's somebody at the wall and we neglect them sometimes so I decided when I was going to do this that I wasn't ruling out anything. And I wasn't ruling out the opportunity to talk to people that I knew had served, but were always very reluctant to talk about it. Uh, One thing that I've discovered I have a talent for is to get them to talk to me. Oh, yeah. And uh, that having done that first book gave me some credibility that I had never considered when I did it. And... Since then, I've found out that it's it was merely a stepping stone. It was a building block. What a wonderful um, 
contribute in so many different ways because not only are you telling these stories, as you say, I, I know my dad was very closed mouth about a lot of stories. He just didn't tell. My husband knows more about the things that he experienced than I ever would know. And in turn, there's a lot of things about my husband's experiences that I don't know either. Being able to uh, pre sort of begin that storytelling is so important and you do in fact have that gift <laughs> people are opening up their hearts to you Mike I think that's a wonderful thing and for you to be sharing them is just t a gift tenfold well I love doing it and one thing that's key to it is let it be their story yeah. You know, if I have an opinion about something I try to make certain that if I inject it that it's clear that it's my opinion. And another another prong on that approach is that if somebody says don't reveal my name or limit something that they've told you and doesn't want it included, you live up to your word and you do what they ask. Uh, that, that is the most important thing, I think, in, in, uh, in all regards when telling these stories and getting people to reveal what they've done. Uh, there's one story in the book about a man uh, who I've known for years that I lived next door to his sister, and his own family did not know what he did at the end of World War II and then again when he was recalled for Korea. I understand that wholeheartedly, absolutely, and um, it, it's so true. Mike, I want uh, people to know where they can find your book and where they can find you. Well, I try to be elusive. I don't know that I want to be found. <laughs> well, we have to have part deux. <laughs> we need a second a second edition coming out, I'm sure. Uh, where can we find uh, the Out of the Mist Memories of War? Well, it, uh, it's on the online library. Of course, you can do MWSA. Mm -hmm. And then we also iUniverse. I'm self-published. And Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. I now have a website, MichaelDMullins.com. Oh, wonderful! And so it, it can be it can be found along with my other selections at, at, at any of those locations. Uh, I've got a couple of audio books. Uh, one was co-done with three other MWSA members and wonderful writers, as well as the second poetry book, which was also done with them. And uh, you know, it's we uh, we all have different experiences, but there is a common thread, and so we each reach out, and uh, we decided to do it together. You know, we became a little mini fire team, but uh, yeah, I've uh, I think my email is included in my website too, so I will respond to. Emails, mullins.m.1 at comcast.net. Wonderful, because I am sure that there are so many people who not only would want to read what you have written, but I'm sure that there'll be lot, a lot more stories to come. Michael Mullins, thank you so much for your time, and thank you so much for your service. We appreciate it. Thank you. I enjoyed being on the program. I'd love to do it again someday if you get bored. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? 
keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Finally, a show that supports women who are in the midst of a transition in midlife. The show is Second Wind. Here's what certified coach, author, and host of Second Wind, Joyce Buford, wants you to know. It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments. We all need cheerleaders, someone who's on our side. Second Wind is that program to help women connect with other women, hear other women's stories. In a stressful world, find power in those stories. Learn to discover your passions and joys again. Create the life you want to live to the fullest. Join us for Second Wind with Joyce Buford, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Central, right here on the TogiNet Radio Network. We'll put a boot in your ass, it's the American way. Help us sound, put your name at the top of his list and a statue. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. We're wrapping up our Veterans Day tribute. We look forward to bringing you more guests in the coming year, featuring our heroes at home and abroad. Say hello to the person next to you next time you have an opportunity. He or she could hold an incredible story, and you will be the recipient of a great gift to have heard that story firsthand in their own words. Next, we'd like to share another song we found for today. This by the U.S. Air Force Band sung by a gentleman named Steve Ward. Here is Holding the Flag for America. Home to stay 
important for their stories to be told. Some, their stories, some of them are not very pretty, but it's not a matter of trying to put a pretty face on a real experience. What we're doing today is we're preserving something that people can come 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, 100 years and say, gee, that guy sat down in front of that wall and got interviewed 100 years ago and this is what he had to say. We have one of the largest veteran populations in the country living in Florida, and many of them are in Central Florida. With the Veterans History Project, what we're doing is students are going out and they're talking, they're learning how to interview veterans, and then those stories will be digitized and available through our website. We're creating an archive, a digital archive of the stories we collect that have to do with Central Florida. And in that case, what we're doing is we're planning to give a, a subset of that collection to the Library of Congress. 
that's why this project is so important. We are hearing directly from those individuals who have been involved. We got to Japan on the 23rd of September of 1945. We were first American troops in Nagasaki. The city of Nagasaki was not just bombed out, it was pulverized. When we'd pull up there, they would surrender all the weapons, they'd stack them up for us, and the officers would come and surrender their sabers to us, uh, very orderly. The civilians were uh, kind of uh, sad. Uh, those poor children, uh, and uh, the women and the, and the old men uh, were the ones who really suffered in war. I don't talk about the war stories. I'll never tell you about the, the horror of the war. It, there's no way to, I mean, there's no reason to do that. In my mind, I will tell you it was hot, it was wet, it was nasty. The movies will always say that war is great and, you know, guys always win. The good guys don't always win. We went to Ethiopia. They were fighting a civil war. We were there, an American ship. We were bringing grain. There were nine Russian ships unloading tanks and ammunition. Everybody was, you know, suffering from malnutrition. The chief steward, he's the guy that supplies all the food and everything like that. He had to beg us to stop because we were, we were taking everything we could that we could carry and bringing it ashore and giving it to kids, you know, giving them food. It means a lot to me as a veteran um, because sometimes people will serve and they are never thanked. And it's real important for us as uh, individuals and as communities not to forget that. We encourage you to take part in documenting the stories of the veterans in your family. Visit www.loc.gov vets to learn more and to listen to the legacies documented so far. Thanks for being with us today on Military Mom Talk Radio as we honor all who have served and are serving. You have our respect, you have our support, and you have our undying gratitude. See you next week, everyone. Thank you for being part of Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com with Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here each week to provide a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. For more information on the show or Sandra and Robin, go to militarymomtalkradio.com. This is their mission 
helping military moms. So join us again next Monday for Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd, Monday afternoons, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Toginet. <laughs>